Hi, another episode of Melanated Words. I am your hostess, Jackie Boyd, and I am with a community that speaks freely and respectfully on our array of topics. I am going to speak on topics that either relate to my past or present, in addition to trying to touch on some new topics in, a help, in hopes to help others and promote growth, both spiritually, emotionally, and any other way that I can possible. Joining me today is an aspiring model and beautiful mother of three, Shasta Salmon. She um, is a very, she has a very unique story and listeners, I really want y'all to hear this. Um, it took a lot of courage for her to um, come to me and she just freely emailed me and said that she wanted to um, share her story. So without further ado, I'm not going to hold any longer because we've been trying to do this podcast for a minute now. I want to welcome Shaka. Shaska, I'm sorry. And hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you again for joining Melanated Words. Um, I appreciate your effort and and courage to come and talk to us because this is a powerful um, story you have for us tonight. Now, I'm going. I'm not going to go into detail. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself first? Just just starting off, just tell us who you are and where you're from and things of that nature, please. Yeah, sure. I'm a um, small town girl from McCormick, South Carolina. Okay. Um, yep, born and raised here in, um, in McCormick. I moved to Columbia uh, years ago um, to go to school, USC, and... Um, I am still here. I'm in Columbia now. I have three children. Um, I am uh, an aspiring model, um, and I'm also a financial consultant. And, um, you know, that's pretty much about me. Uh, I do have a lot that I've Mm -hmm. gone through over the years, and I'm just I'm so excited to be here to talk about it and and to share my journey in, in hopes that it inspires someone else. It definitely, I'm, I'm sure it will. Um, and you are a beautiful lady, by the way. And congratulations on all that you have accomplished with your modeling career and continue to um, do. But and while we're on here, let's go ahead and promote you. What's the? Um, I, I see you have a lot going on. Tell me a little bit about the modeling and promote some of that that you got going on, please. Yeah. Um, so I have um, a model modeling consulting company. Um, I help models um, with confidence and uh, training. As far as walking, posing, confidence coach. Um, and I have uh, Instagram page, Institute underscore 18. Uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. the Model Institute as well. You can follow me. You can send me, um, con- you can send me an email. We'll do a consultation if you're interested um, that's pretty much how you can reach me um, as far as my modeling uh, for a consulting company goes. And that that's amazing. Um, being that the story that you're about to follow up with and you're able to uh, continue to do such powerful, make powerful moves and do such as inspiring things, um, as well as have um, three young boys. Can you tell me the ages of your sons, please? Yes, um, I have a I have a fifteen year old, um, a thirteen year old, and an eleven year old. You're beautiful. That body, <laughs> I would have never. Gosh, I I want it. I want that body. You got and that beautiful frame. Oh, girl, I'm jealous. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> go ahead and tell me a little bit about, or you can get into detail um, about what it is that you wanted to speak to us, um, the listeners on. First, y'all, let me um, say that um, I, I'm a big advocate for um, mental health and mental health awareness. So, um, and I'm, I take it serious. I, I don't take anything lightly, lightly and I like for everyone to um, 
please check in on people. You, you never know. You always want to check on people and make sure, um, even I don't care how they're looking or uh, how happy they are. Um, and after hearing the story that she's going to present, you will see why I, I've made this um made this comment prior to her going on into her her story, her testimony today. I'm not going to um, talk any further. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, yes, <laughs> I, I definitely am also an advocate for mental health. Um, I want to bring awareness to the topic. I feel like we don't talk about it enough, um, especially in the Black community, um, because I had no idea it existed. Um, you know, I've heard about mental illness, but never really, you know, been a part of it. Well, I had, but I didn't know. Um, and that's the problem because growing up, there were so many different things that I, looking back on what I've experienced um, in my adult life, my childhood was affected by mental illness um, and myself and also in in my in, in my family so had I had we had that type of conversation back then we would have been able to heal a lot of wounds at an early age yeah but um I'll start I'll start uh by saying that as a young girl um I struggled with a lot of uh, self-esteem issues and with uh, I had a, a trying relationship with my father so that's where that stemmed from just constantly he after he and my mother divorced um just constantly wanting him to be involved more in my life wanting him to be um that that guidance you know that that um mentor that a, a girl needs growing up I, I didn't have that so I suffered from low self-esteem and um, throughout throughout my childhood and throughout my adolescence and going into adulthood, I was not very confident in who I was, didn't really know who I was. Um, fast forward, I went to college. I met my husband. We got married very fast, you know, very fast relationship. Um, and before I know it, I was a young mom and a wife. And, <laughs> it, it, you know, life life began. Okay. Um, you know, at a very young age, I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it was a lot going on. We didn't have any money. We didn't have, um, a whole, we didn't, we had just started to live our lives. So it was just a lot put on us all at once. A new baby, married, out on our own. Right. And, you know, it was just a lot. So a few years passed, everything was okay. We were just trying to get on our feet and, you know, we went through a, a, a stage of, um, of being in that low, uh, income, you know, mm-hmm. in that, in that status. And it was rough. Um, it, t- it took a toll on us. It took a toll on my husband at the time, cause he was trying to provide for us at the same time, trying to, you know, become a man himself. Right. And things has, things started to happen uh, with him, you know, that I didn't think that it was anything um, as far as mental illness was concerned. I just figured, you know, not knowing a lot about it, not having a lot of education about it. I just figured he was just, you know, tripping, you know, just acting out. Um, There would be, there would be times where he would um, be drinking a lot. Uh, He would disappear for a couple of days and come back like nothing happened um he would have blackouts and uh you know it was just it was a it was something where i just was like okay something is going on with you you just you know you just being difficult why are you doing this i didn't even think it was anything going on in his mind what he was dealing with what was this um, going on right before you had the baby or right after the first baby when did it first begin well, I would say it started. I mean, when we were dating, I, I can remember now signs when we were dating where we would like hang out with our friends and stuff. And he would um, there was there were times where he would get very um, intoxicated and, you know, black out. There were a couple of times and because we were younger and we were just experiencing this type of lifestyle. Well, he had experienced it more than me, you know, but uh-huh. because I had just started getting used to hanging out in the nightlife and stuff. I mean, I thought that was a part of it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I was a little naive to it. Honestly, I did not do a lot of that when I was a right. teenager. Um, my mom 
um, you know, didn't really allow me to do those types of things. And I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about what that looked like. So right. I thought that that was the way it was um, for some people, you know, everybody reacts to certain things differently. So I didn't really think anything of it. After we had the baby and we got married, things um, kind of died down a little bit because I was pregnant and he was very, and if, and you, you know, I know that you have experienced this situation so you can relate, but some people with mental illness, you know, they attach themselves to certain things in their life. So when I got pregnant, he attached himself to that moment, you know, it made him feel so good. And I was terrified and and I was just like, this is, this is crazy. Like I'm just, I'm young and I'm about to be a mom. I'm still mm-hmm. in school. Like this is crazy, right? But for him, if what for him, it was a deep, deep emotional connection with that child and with right. me. And so he, he, you know, connected with me. We began to argue a lot though during that, like towards the end of the uh, pregnancy, um, because that his, um, his the reality of okay now the baby's about to come and uh-huh. her and me and the baby a little baby so we started to argue more he started to drink again and go out more and hang out with his friends more and um you know we started to argue really bad i remember the night before i had my first child we argued so so bad and um I had to go to the hospital because I was so upset and I ended up in, in ended up, uh, inducing me to take the baby mm-hmm. that oh, night. Wow. So yeah, that night we had argued like for hours and hours and hours and got into it really, really bad. And, um, you know, it even got a little bit physical. And so, but, you know, I ended up in the hospital, had, had the baby the next day and he was here. And so then there was, was it a full term. Was he full term? He was he was full term. Um, yes, he he was he was actually um, they were going to induce me anyway because he was actually um, supposed to already come. But they were trying to let him, you know, try, trying to see if the baby was going to come on his own. Right. And um, he was a couple days late. And so they went on ahead and decided to take me that night because, you know, I was um, there. There were like high elevations in my heartbeat. Of course, they didn't know why, but you know it was because of all the arguing and the fighting and everything we had been doing. So Absolutely. they didn't know that, but they were just like, "Okay, her blood pressure is a little high. Let's go ahead. You know, we were going to induce her anyway. Let's go ahead and do it." So um, that's why they decided to do it when we went in there. Um, after I had the baby, um, every you know, it kind of was like a calming when the baby was here. We kind of reconnected, you know, and. Um, had that moment of, okay, the baby's here and connecting with your parents and your new baby and you know how that is, the mm-hmm, energy. Right. So it was that it was a good, it was another high for him. And so we had a good run and a, and some good couple of weeks and, right. you know, dealing with the baby and the baby would keep us up and stuff. So we were tired too. So we were exhausted and we didn't right. have the energy to fight and argue, <laughs> you know, so uh, we dealt with that. But, um, you know, throughout that time period, we, we had two other children and um, I would say going into the second child, uh, things started to get, um, things started to get bad because he had an injury that put him out of work and hurt his leg really bad. So um, whenever, whenever, so it put him down, he couldn't provide, I had to work and I was pregnant. Um, so I had to work and take care of stuff and I know that that had to be um, hard on him mentally that part because it it, it probably made him feel as if he couldn't provide as a man or as the husband or the father of the household. So that that could be a trigger as well. Yes, exactly. Um, And for a man who's in a healthy mind state, you know, that's hard. For a man who's a man who's dealing with his own insecurities, his own brokenness, his own mental, um, strongholds it was it was twice as hard and but again I didn't know that he was experiencing that on top of having to deal with us being in um living in this low income 
um, not a very good neighborhood. You know, right. he probably like, I can't even keep my family safe. You know, I don't know what was going on in his mind. It's no telling, but <clears throat> it got really bad. And um, he began to uh, not be able to sleep and become more obsessive with things. He would constantly, um, you know, be on a computer and researching and just looking up different things. And he just had a lot of time on his hands. So I figured. That's anxiety. It's mm-hmm. probably a lot of anxiety and ADD. I, I do that myself. Even now when I get zoomed in on something, I'm, I'm locked in and it, it becomes a compulsive thing. And mine now is like writing and on the computer as well so I understand continue yes. I'm sorry no you're fine but yes it, it was like that and there was um you know there were moments where he wouldn't sleep and so I began to get concerned and but again didn't do anything because I didn't know you know I thought that okay we just need to find you something to do you know right. we, need uh-huh. to, we, need to, we need to help you get back into society and get back into work so you know, we tried, he tried getting back out there in the work. And I think that on top of him being injured with a hurt leg and being unemployed and not being able to find work and not being able to walk, um, because he was, it was pretty, he had, uh, got jammed between two cars. So his leg was oh, pretty wow. bad. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a fate, a stage where he couldn't walk. He had to do rehab and learn all that and stuff. So, you know, that took a toll on him. Mm-hmm. By the time our third child came, you know, it was pretty tough. Um, he had been unfaithful a few times at this point. Um, there had been girls calling my phone and, you know, all kind of stuff started to happen. So I'm at a point now, third child in, um, mm-hmm. just, you know, very tired mm-hmm. and um, frustrated and, and, and aggravated and all kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um we're arguing and, you know, still dealing with different stuff on top of new stuff. And he's still trying to find work, still trying to, you know, still trying to keep it together. Not really. Yeah. I'm not really knowing what's going on. I'm, you know, we're mm-hmm. trying to, I'm trying to relay it to his parents and my family's trying to figure out what's going on. Because I'm becoming distant. I'm not going around. You know, I'm trying to keep my family together. But at the same time, I'm trying to keep them from having any type of opinions about him. Or, right, right. Yeah. So it's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that is when the uh, hallucinations, I guess you would call it, started to happen where he would he would think he sees things, sees people that have maybe gone or passed away already. There were times where he would hear, you know, he would say he hears things. And um, Was it at this point that you took him to get some help? I went to his parents first because, again, I, I had no idea what avenue to take. This was all right. brand new to me. Mm-hmm. and um, But it had got so bad and he had become more and more violent with me. So I had to go to them and say listen I need you to how I approached it was I need you to get him away from me and my children because I fear my life and my children's life at this point I don't know what's going on with him but he is not the person that I married and it's just getting worse and I need you to I need you to come and take him out of my home basically so his father did that he came and got him and we separated. That's that was the beginning of our separation. And that was the beginning of them being able to see, OK, this is really bad. So they did start. Um, br- they brought in professionals at that point to say, OK, let's let you talk to someone because something's not right. OK. Yeah. And he fought it for a while, of course. And, um, you know, we went through the whole. I'm not, nothing's wrong with me. There's nothing's wrong with me. It's you guys. You guys are against me. You're trying to do this. You're trying to hurt me. You're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just a lot of different things that he would say. And then um, we ended up having to admit him because he had a, a an episode and got really violent with me. One day I, I was picking him up because I would still help him do things some, sometimes Mm-hmm. I was picking him up, trying to take him to his, his siblings home. And he attacked me in the car and 
you know, so I, his brother had to get him off of me pretty much. And um, his dad, oh, yeah. yeah, his dad, we had to admit him. So he was in the hospital for a while. That happened twice. Um, where what we had did to, they diagnose him at, um, with? What was the illness? Um, they they diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia, but at first they didn't know. You know, they they were trying to evaluate him. But the one thing I've learned in this process is with mental illness is if you don't comply or talk to them or help them understand what you're feeling or dealing with, it's harder for them to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not open to treatment, right. So for a while, they were trying to talk to him about, you know, what's going on with you in your in your mind. And he would not, you know, talk to them about it. It was just they're they're wanting me dead or they're wanting to attack me or it's them, not me type of thing. And then eventually, eventually he decided to. um, He decided to start to uh talk to, to the you know psychiatrist and he started taking medicine they tried different medicines that's another thing we experienced dealing with those medicines some of them caused him to have side effects um hormones like that he, he some of it made him gain weight mm-hmm. some of it even made his um some of them even made his chest grow where he was, where he would have like mad little man boobs. Mm-hmm. And my husband was very athletic, very fit. So it was very, you know, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's a lot that. on the mental um, as well. And, and yeah, and being a man and he was young and then it messed with his um, sex drive as well. Like mm-hmm. I remember him saying when his doctor gave him, um, uh, what's the what's the medicine that older men take? Viagra. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, he was so like, I am not taking this. This is this is not. I am twenty. What at a time? I think he was like twenty five, twenty six. He was like, I'm not taking this. This is crazy. So you know, it was just a lot on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And at this, uh, how old was he at this time? He was at this point. He was like twenty six. You know, he was young. Young, yes. And um, he had never had a problem like this before. So, you know, on top of that, and and dealing with his his mental strongholds, not really understanding. And another thing I will say is that I learned that that family support is extremely important when you're dealing with mental illness. Please say um, that again. Please say that again. <laughs> family support <laughs> is so important when people are dealing with mental illness. Like with any illness, with a physical illness, think about it. If you have your family in your corner when you ha- with battling cancer or diabetes or what have you, it 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 brings you some inner strength that you need right. if you've got a circle of people, right? So mm-hmm. the same thing is needed for mental illness. Right. It's, it's a motivational thing and it, and, and it empowers you a whole lot more to know that you have someone that supports you, uh, at least trying to um, relate to help you as much as possible, just to, to, to know that you have that support is over and that's with anything um you know but mental illness people um really just don't understand the depths of how important it is to have that support right it's extremely important and in it and for it to be your family um something that i've learned your your family that um it, it's just i don't know it does something different when you have people who have the same last name as you mm-hmm. backing you mm-hmm. it does something different so when you don't have that it's extremely hard so I, my heart goes out to the people who don't have you know moms dads uncles aunts cousins sisters brothers mm-hmm. supporting mm-hmm. them through their through their uh, mental health journey because that was critical when we got on board and started helping him instead of fighting him you know, against him and, and bickering back and forth. And when the doctors told us, hey, this is how you've got to, this is how you've got to handle this. And mm-hmm. the doctors, and I appreciate that the doctors sat us down and we went through counseling and they were like, listen, this is a different, you can't speak to him like you would the next person. 
because this is going to trigger him and that will trigger him you can't read i learned how to live a different type of life and people say even now when i talk about my story they're like how did you live like that i had no choice because i loved him i love my children i wanted us to work out i wanted to fight for him i didn't want to leave him especially after i found out what was wrong um but just calculating my life down to the time when I go to the store and back, that's just how calculated I had to be. I had to be back on time at a certain time. I had to um, delete certain things. If somebody texts me or call me that he mm-hmm. might have thought was suspicious, I have to delete that. I have to remove that from the to, for our day to go good. I had to make sure I did certain things a certain type of way. And I lived like mm-hmm. that for a few years, you know, wow. before he uh, passed. Um and it didn't always work. Hmm? You said before he passed? Yes, before he passed. Um, okay. I had to do that. Um, and then, you know, just dealing with um, the highs and the lows of that. So I learned a lot in just being able to communicate period. Now I communicate with people differently than I did before. I mean, I'm still, you know, working on that. I'm still trying to be better at communication. However, I know that I have to be slow to speak and I have to listen more. I have to, you know, understand where people are coming from. I can't just lash out and yell and argue and, and, you know, all of that stuff that we listen to and we we watched growing up. I had to right. reteach myself, you know. Absolutely. The delivery is everything. Yes. And um your choice of words is everything. And mm-hmm. um I, I'm I'm also a and I, I speak a lot about verbal abuse. Um I've heard a lot of things and um witnessed a lot of things and and verbal abuse is is, is just as bad as is physical and and right. um, judging someone um, because of maybe a, a mental illness or, or not knowing how to um, handle a person with a mental illness can be uh, very difficult. Um, I can yes. recall myself um, when I first found out that. Even when call in college, I would do different. I would have different ways of having tests administered. And um, when I got on a particular job, um, they didn't get it. And what I was telling them is the form of training that you're doing is I need visual aids because I'm more of a visual and a kinetic person as far as learning style versus um sitting up and just hearing the audio auto like audio like you and I are doing it now Mm -hmm. so they did not get it and as a result of that they terminated me which um yes which really that's a form of 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 disability when you you have a a different learning style mental illness so um I I just didn't proceed with it but you I I honestly could have pursued um and, and went farther with that but I just did not but I, I get it because it's a, a way that you have to certain people uh, receive information differently. Um, they have learning styles differently and, and the way that you speak to other people. Um, and, and you have to be careful with the way that you say some things, even if it, it seems simple to you or something that you don't want to hear uh, or like, oh, my God, you didn't get it. No. If I got it, I wouldn't ask you to repeat it or or, or put it in a different form or, you know, transmit it in a way that I can understand it. So I get that part. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. The friends, um, family members being there to support and and you having to have to learn how to communicate. That is difficult, but you Mm -hmm. do it when you love someone. And if it's a family member that you believe in and and like you said, that was your husband. So right. you you do what you wanted, you had to do for your family, for your boys, for yourself, and, and for him, you right. know, and right. out of love. I understand it. So yeah. you did say that he passed. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, what, what was the cause of death? Yes. Um, so he ended up uh, losing his battle to his illness. He committed suicide. And um, 
by gunpoint, shot himself. Oh. Mm-hmm. And um, that was definitely, definitely tough for us. And um, yeah, he he didn't. I don't really know what caused him to do what he did. And um, mm-hmm. that is when I began my own mental journey mm-hmm. um, with dealing with the loss of him. Um, I, mm-hmm. I haven't, I hadn't lost anyone that close to me ever. Um, right. You know, I've lost a grandmother. I've lost, you know, older uh, relatives, but never someone like this. So, so, so where was your, where was your husband when um, he committed suicide? He was at a friend's house. Um, he actually, uh, I was sick that day. I, um, this was after our, after our uh, separation, we had started back dating. Um, mm-hmm. he had gotten, he had actually been taking his meds and, um, we had actually been having, um, good conversations and being able to be around each other. We had been separated for about a year mm-hmm. and, um, we were even talking about renewing our vows. You know, it was, it was starting to look like things were going to turn around. Right. And um, and so I was sick from work that day and um, he was, you know, uh, helping me out. I was laying down and he said, um, you know, I'm going to make sure I take care of you today. And then he got a call from a friend of ours um, who needed some who, who was going to do some work at the church. And um, he was going to do some work at the church with him because he was a musician. And my husband was a musician as well. Mm-hmm. And no, that's um, nice. what did he play? Yeah, well, he was a he was a a, a rapper. Um, oh, okay. So he wrote lyrics for um, some of the Christian rappers. He had started to do that um, mm-hmm. and kind of change that around. And and do he wrote poems? Um, he also mm-hmm. was an artist, so he was very good at drawing freehand. Um, he could paint. Uh, he had a lot of different talents. Yes, um, very different. <laughs> Yeah, he was a very gifted person, um, very smart, intelligent. But um, he was going to go over there and help him with a with a track, with a song for the church. And so he went over there. He said he he, he said I'm gonna leave my phone with you. And um, because at the time I don't even remember if my phone wasn't working or something. But he was like, so you can get in touch with me. I'm gonna leave my phone here with you. He didn't say he'd be back. Um, I didn't catch it then. But uh, I think about that day all the time. You know, he he. Loved me and, um, you know, call me if you need me. So, so did he, did, he did a kiss when he walked out, gave you a kiss and just say, I love you. Yeah, he just gave me a kiss and a hug. Um, Gave me the phone. I, I was laying down, getting ready to go to sleep because I had a headache. So. Um, you know, he just, and he walked out, um, our friend showed up, he came and picked him up and I slept. That was like in the morning. So I slept till like two o'clock. I, I slept like most of the day. Right. Okay. Slept at, I slept, I got up at like one, it was like one thirty or so. I got up, I called them. They didn't answer. I was like, okay, they probably in the studio. Cause our friend, he has a, um, in their home and he and his wife's home, they had a, a studio in their basement. So. I'm like, okay, they're probably in the studio or whatnot. Um, I went and got the kids from school. I brought them home, fed them. Now it's in the afternoon. Now it's in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I called again, no answer. So I'm like, okay, what's that? Now I'm getting upset because yeah, I'm like, where are you? You know, I've been mm-hmm. here taking care of the kids and, you know, um, and then probably around seven or so, our friend called and, and um, he was like, I'm calling to check on you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Where is Jay? And he's like, nobody's called you. And I'm like, no, where is he? Like, isn't he with you? Oh, and he was just like, I'm so sorry. You know, I, the police said they were going to call you and they told me not to call you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The police going to call me for what? And that's when he was like, Jay shot himself. And I was just like, what? So I'm still not registering, though. I'm like, okay, okay. 
or hospital. Yeah, where where do I go? Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be okay, you know. And then not not shortly, like shortly after that, his um his dad beeps in and is like, I'm on the way to get you, get your clothes, get your shoes on. I'm almost there. And I'm like, okay. So my sister is at the time she doesn't live far from us. So my, I tell mm-hmm. call my sister, I'm like, come come here with the boys. I gotta go. Jay shot himself, he's at the hospital. His dad's almost here. I gotta go. I can't talk to you much about it. Just please come. So she ran. She's you know she drove over, mm-hmm. and then by the time she got there, he was um him and his mom were there. So I came outside, and when I got to his dad, his dad just like fell, like humped, like slumped over, fell crying. And I, at that point, I knew that it was not good. All right. And so we got in the car. We went to the hospital and then, you know, that's when we found out that he was brain dead at this point. Um, The doctors tried to do everything they could do. They showed us the um, x-ray of how the bullet went through the temple and in the spot where it went through, they can't get it out because if they get it out, his brain is just going to keep swelling. It's already (laughs) swelling. Once your brain starts to swell, there's nothing you can do um at that point to relieve the swelling so you know so we were given um overnight to just be with him and the next day um we tried to prolong it and keep him on life support but after talking with the doctors and everything I mean he was brain dead and I didn't want him to live like a vegetable so at a certain point um, a couple, I think it uh, it became a blur at this point. I think it was like maybe two days later or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we went on, you know, I went on ahead and, and pulled a plug. So, um, so how was, old were your children at the time? And I'm so sorry um, to hear that. Yes, um, at the time, my children, uh, my oldest was 10, and um, my baby boy was only what four, five. Mm-hmm. And his uh, his brother was right behind him, six. He was like seven. So they were very young. Um, my younger two don't really remember that day that much because they were so young. But my oldest son remembers it. You know, he was old enough to remember. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was tough going home and telling them, like, daddy's not going to come home. You know, he's not ever going to come home. Um that was the so were you alone when you told them that 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 when you had the conversation with your father-in-law with you who was with you when you um, um shared this with your children my mom and my sister was there um with me um that I can remember um mm-hmm. it's a blur for me during that time I was very emotional and I in shock mm-hmm. so I don't yeah, so I don't remember exactly everyone that was around, but I know my mother and my sister was there, and I think my best friend was there at my house. Um, there were a couple of people always at my house. You know how that is when someone. So there was right. people always at my house, but I was just kind of at this point a walking zombie. So right. I don't really remember everybody that was there, but um, I remember my sister being in the room, though, when I actually told them and my mom. Uh, yeah so and they, um, um, go ahead I'm sorry no I was just gonna say and they they helped a lot because it you know as soon as I told them there was breaking down and crying and so they they helped me console them because I was you know trying to console yeah, them trying, and trying to, to hold them. yourself together yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're trying to be a mother to deliver to your babies that their yeah. father was on your your husband as well yeah that's a lot um so question uh, do you see any um genetics with the children are there any um any issues like mental health issues with any of your your sons that's a great question um i thank god that i don't see anything as far as what my husband suffered however because this type of illness can be uh mm-hmm. genetic um I'm constantly, you know, we're, we're still doing sessions, constantly having open communication. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Open communi- Thank you. Open communication um, with them and watching signs because 
Um, just because I don't see anything right now does not mean as young, usually as when they become uh, get to young adolescence and young adulthood is when it actually starts to um, rear its ugly head, I guess I should say. Right, right, right. So uh, we definitely are watching. Um, my family's aware, and which is great. My family's aware, his family's aware. So we watch the boys and we watch how they behave and how they react. And we try to be we try to be more um, understanding of what they may be dealing with inside of their minds. So, um, so as you a, all still counsel? Are you all still going to counseling? Yes, um, we still do counseling. I don't think that's going to ever stop. Honestly, um, we do it when we need it, you know, as needed. But every phase of their life, they're going to deal with something because they're they don't have him to go through that. Like with my oldest son, who's just got to high school this past year, ninth grade, he, it was a challenge getting mm-hmm. to ninth grade and not having your dad to right. help you, you know, teach you how to tie, uh, teach you how to put on a tie. You know, when he went to the um, military ball, mm-hmm. um, he didn't know how to tie the tie and he had a breakdown. And um, there was another time where he had a breakdown in school and, you know, it's just it's going to be different, different stages in their life where they're going to need and they're going to be, they're going to need that. And they're, I want them to know that it's okay. You know, you're going to need that throughout your life. It's not going to stop. I need it. I still go myself. So. Right. Right. I'm so sorry to hear this. And, and the courage to come and and share it and, and tell us is amazing. And what's even worse is with everything that's going on today, um, in society, you have a challenge on your hands of trying to protect your your, your kings there, because um, you you have other people and, uh, and and other things happening that's killing our black men, and mm-hmm. you you already have a huge struggle that you're dealing with, um, and and it started when they were so young. So not only are you trying to protect them and be, and watch out for the signs and make sure that there's no um, repeat um, signs of the mental illness, but also um, there's um, the police brutality that's going on and even mm-hmm. even even bullying in school. There's mm-hmm. a lot um, going on now, and you have to try to maintain so tell me talk to me and tell me what is it how how are you um able to do this and how are you able to juggle um a a day-to-day life like trying to do that just tell me how are you maintaining you know your job your your also your um your company your your entrepreneur and you have the three boys um that you really have to monitor and, and keep eye on closely. How are you able to do that? What um, are, do you have any other help? Um, are your in-laws still um, very involved as far as helping you a lot? And, you know, tell me, what are you doing to try to help get through all of that? Yeah, most definitely um, being able to, I will, first off, I'm definitely going to say through prayer, um, my, my faith, mm-hmm. um, God has definitely been, um, a part of my life, uh, stronger since the situation happened to us and without him guiding me and helping me and providing for me and my children, it would have been very, very hard. So I mm-hmm. definitely want to give honor to him because I know that he has pulled us through, um, and then secondly, my support system, my family and my in-laws um, have been a great support system for me and the boys. Wonderful. They have always been there to support us and emotion, whether that be emotionally um, or if if I did need anything financially, all I have to do is ask. Right. And um, so that has been a humongous help. And then also the community, the community has stepped up. My My sons are involved in sports and um, they've done mentorship programs. So the men in their lives, I thank God for their coaches, 
their mentors in school, their teachers in school. Um, I was going to ask about that. Great. Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the men in their life that, that I've come in contact with um, some of, some of their dad's friends that were like his best friends that kind of helped me in the beginning with um, making sure that whatever they needed, you know, and, and that was, that was a blessing having people that respected me and understood and they were like genuinely there for me and the boys right. um, community, you know, it was just, it, it was just amazing to see people come together and say, Hey, what do you need? You know, we'll help you, whatever you need, just let us know. Um, so that was amazing as well. Um, and I would say those were the three things that got me through and that still get me through till this day. Um, you never know what you're capable of until you're, until you go through it. And, you know, my strength comes from God, everything that I do, you know, I give him honor and glory. I mean, I've, I'm so blessed. My life has, has been so great. Um, yes, that beautiful home, <laughs> yes, that beautiful home. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've accomplished a lot and, um, and I'm just so, I'm just so blessed. And despite all of the things that I've suffered from, I take mm-hmm. it as a, as a, I take it as a journey um, because it made me who I am today. So I really don't take away. I don't take back anything. I don't want anything to change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And maybe it was meant for you to be the yeah. one to, to, to carry this and, and be able to um, inform and enlighten others on um, how the situation, other people may have not have been able to handle it. So this right. may have been your task to do. Um, is that it's not mm-hmm. a cliche? It sounds clicheish, but um, and and it, we hate to say that you had to, um, your husband had to be um, the victim of it all. But most um, definitely, someone would have had to do, it and the other person would not probably would not have been able to handle it. And, and and even talk to me today because, like I said, I can't speak on anything to this degree because I couldn't imagine um, how I would have handled it because uh, um, I'm a whole my my mental is is a lot different. Like I mm-hmm. struggle with my mental illness and um, anxiety is one of my main issues and I, I just don't in, in depression because. Mm-hmm. Um, with me suffering with clinical depression, um, any tragic event triggers me to go into a, a dark place. So I I don't know how I would have handled it because I know mentally I, I try not to talk in a negative talk, uh, mindset, mm-hmm. but I know that it, within the past, the, the, my past has not been able to sustain Um a lot of tragic life um, incidents. So Mm -hmm. to have you be that person, and then not only that, you have three small babies. That was a huge, huge thing. And I I, I couldn't imagine carrying that load, that burden, because that's just what it is. The situation is a burden, not the burden of of the death of your husband or or having your kids. Never am I saying that. I'm just saying the situation that a whole was just so much on one person that I couldn't imagine carrying that load. And and I I commend you for the way that you have um, are are still pushing through and and making sure that your boys are on top. And and see, you just spoke on how y'all was in a low income place. And now I look at your beautiful home. Um, You didn't know where you was the only one working. And look, now you're working in even a better place and and Mm -hmm. also an entrepreneur and still able to be there for your boys. And you still got your, your, your support system and your mentorship. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Although what happened was not a a, a good thing, right. the fact that the the um there's a a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow, mm-hmm. and and it, it gets better. You know, um, it's never going to be where you can say 
I got past it because I can imagine losing a husband that's committing suicide, has committed suicide and the mental illness part. Cause you, you actually rearranged your whole life to uh, make sure that you make your marriage work and you made sure that your, your children were protected. And that separation was something that you needed for you and the children. It was nothing mm-hmm. against your husband. You knew he was ill, but you had to, somebody had to be there for the children. And you right. made the better choice. And I, I, I get it. I understand. And, and I'm sure you've heard a whole bunch of other lacks and, and bad things. Good thi- But overall, just know that, that you are the mother and you made the decision that works for you. And like you said, you have no regrets and you should. You should never have regrets because you did a, a, a fantastic job. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for sharing your story. Do you have any um, last words or anything that you would um, like to share in addition to um, what you've shared already? Um, I would just, anybody that's listening, I just want you guys and and you're suffering in any type of way, whether it be financially, emotionally, physically, um, to reach out, speak out. Speak to someone, talk to someone, let someone know that you're hurting, let someone know that you need help. Don't ever feel that you don't ever feel ashamed. Don't ever feel that you're, um, you know, that you can't speak out to someone. Please don't hold it in would be the last thing that I want to say. Just please talk communication. Let people know what's going on. And, and the people that are listening, please listen, please listen, please support. Let's support each other. Let's love each other. It's enough of the hate. It's enough of the, of the pain, you know, and um, let's just love each other and, and do the best that we can. Okay, listeners, you heard her. She, um, she shared a, a very um, moving story with us today, and she, she gives us um, lots of inf- uh, information, lots of advice that we should take heed in and she is still striving still moving she's still making positive moves despite all that happened and and we're still talking about mental health and and mental health awareness if you know someone or um especially someone that recently lost someone or if they're acting different please check in on these people they're not acting different still ask how's your day you know How's your mental today? It's it's not going to hurt you to do that because some person would really want to hear that. And that might be what turns their day around. You don't know what a person is going through, what's going on behind closed doors. You know, some people may have lost jobs, especially now during this pandemic. Um, we really want to check on everyone's mental and, and check and make sure that everyone is 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 there and doing their thing and, and, and looking out for one another. And you hear her saying that we need to love each other and, and, and make sure we check on each other. And I am going to keep talking about mental health until I am blue in the face because I, too, know all about it. So, again, I want to thank you again, Chef, for, com- for coming, joining us tonight. And listeners, if you or anyone out there is interested in joining a session or episode of Melanated Words, please feel free to um, email me at melanatedwords.podcast at gmail. Also, I have platforms of Melanated Words, the podcast Facebook, melanatedwords.podcast.ig, and melanatedwordpodcast at Twitter. I'd like to thank you again, and you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Shaka, for coming in, and I appreciate you. You all have a wonderful night. Peace.